In a world of crime, in a world of uncertainty, when all hope seems lost, and there doesn't seem like anyone is there, who can you call on? It's me, Orca Girl. Orca Girl, a superhero that can make a difference. Oh dear, someone forgot to reset the air conditioning in the Butter Sculpture Hall of Fame. All of the great works of art are melting. Somebody do something. Fear not, honest citizen. I, with my Arctic spray, will save the day. Amazing. What would we in Maropolis do without our brave and stupendous hero? Let's hope we don't have to find out. Later, whilst working her day job at the yearly tuba. What is it, Hopkins? Hello, Orca Girl. It would seem the city is about to be struck by a massive tidal wave. Great leaping salmon! What are we going to do? I suggest that you get to the beach and warn the people there. I'll call Dolphin Lady to come help out. But I'm the superhero here. Dolphin Lady is the superhero of Neptune's Cove. Well, okay. If you think you can handle a tidal wave by yourself, then I won't bother making the call. Hmm, I see your point. Give her a call. I'm going to the beach. Will our piebald porpoise protector preserve the populace from peril? Find out next time in the amazing adventures of Orca Girl. And now we return you to your previously scheduled program. All right, guys, go ahead and bring the script stands in here. I'll set up the microphones. You've got it. Will over here work, Lionel? That'll be perfect, Hugh. Let me go get the scripts from the file cabinet. I'll be right back. Wow, this place is incredible. My dad had a garage like this when I was a kid. I'll bet your dad didn't have an old radio like that, though. Whoa, that's a relic. Does it still work? Knowing Lionel Jacobs, it probably does more than just work. <clears throat> Can I help you? Oh, hey, kid. Um, I didn't know you were there. Yeah, I noticed. I'm Laura. Uh, I'm Brian, and, and this is Hugh. Pleasure. Yeah, me too. Are you guys gonna be here for long? I was gonna keep reading comic books. Well, we were going to be practicing a script for church. That's right. It's not going to take us a very long time, though. Oh, I like drama scripts. What's it about? It's a story from the Bible. You, you see... Uh, Mr. Jacobs, are you here? He's inside the house, Kyle. Meet Brian and Hugh. Oh, hey. Will he be back soon? Should be. What's that you've got there? Oh, you know. Voting signs. I was going to ask if I could put some up in his lawn. Voting signs? Sure. I'm not old enough to vote, so I figured the next best thing I could do is put signs up all over the neighborhood telling people who to vote for. <laughs> is, is that why people do that? Sure. I mean, we don't want to get the wrong president. The country could collapse. Only by electing the right man for the job will we secure our future. Where did you hear that? Ah, some guy said it at the barbershop. Hmm. What's up, Hugh? This whole thing about pinning all our hopes on a leader sounds really familiar. Oh, yeah, that's like the script we're performing this weekend. Script? They're doing one of Mr. Jacob's scripts for church. They're here practicing. At least we will be once Lionel gets back. While we wait for him, can we listen to the radio? Sure, that sounds fun. And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the biblical drama, The King of Israel, an adaptation of a true story. Long ago, there was a nation called the Hebrews. This nation had no cities, wonders, or even a land to call their own. All they had was their God. That's right. God freed us from a life of slavery in Egypt and is taking us to a land that he has prepared for us. 
And God was faithful in leading His people to this land. And by His power, they were able to settle down, build cities, and make lives for themselves. But before they got too settled, God had something to tell them. He gave us all kinds of rules for us to follow so we can live in this land and prosper. By following these rules, not only will we show God that we love Him, but He will protect us from other nations that want to destroy us. Sounds like a good deal to me. You would think so. But the people of this Hebrew nation were not very good at keeping their side of the deal. You know, it's a lot of work loving God. Sure, he takes care of us and has brought us to a great land, but in the end, I'd prefer to pray to uh, this stick. Wait, they stopped loving God and started praying to sticks? Um, among other things. You see, the nations around Israel had- Wait, Israel? What's that? It's what we called our country, named after our great ancestor. Sounded a little better than Hebrew land. Good point. Go ahead, Mr. Jacobs. The nations around Israel had lots of different fake gods they prayed to. These gods were typically statues made out of gold or rock or sticks. But why? That's kind of silly. You're right, but they didn't know that. What's really silly is the Hebrews or Israelites, as they were now called, decided that instead of worshiping the real God, they could just pray to these fake ones. This way, we don't have to keep all these rules and we can do whatever makes us happy. This doesn't sound like it's gonna end well. Not at all. Because they had stopped holding up their end of the deal, God stopped protecting the Israelites from enemies that wanted their land. Oh no! Come on, Mr. Stick! Protect us from these invaders! Mr. Stick, answer me, please! But God did not forget the Israelites. In the middle of these hard times, they would cry out to the real God to help them, and he would send great leaders called judges to save them. But as soon as they did... Good job, Mr. Stick. All the bad guys are gone, and it's all because of you. Oh, boy. It was a little sad, and eventually the Israelites started to notice a pattern. You know... All this praying to sticks just doesn't work. You think? Who is this? I am Samuel, the last judge of Israel. As I was saying, we need to try something else. Ah, finally. Yes, I think we all need to worship God and follow his laws. Nah, that's not it. I'm pretty sure it is. Just put God in charge and- That's it. We need someone in charge, just like all of our enemies that are powerful. We need uh, a king. You got to be kidding me. Samuel was really upset. God had put him in charge of leading the people, and though he had tried to teach them to follow God, they wanted someone else. I have failed you, Lord. I have failed you. But he didn't. It was the Israelites that were doing what was wrong, not Samuel. That's true. And God told Samuel that. His people had not rejected Samuel, but God. And so God had decided to give them what they wanted. But it wasn't going to be at all as good as they thought it would be. What do you mean? What happened? We'll find out right after this. We now return to the story of the King of Israel. The people of Israel had spoken. We want a king! We want a king! Okay, listen up, you guys. God has heard your complaints and he has decided to give you a king. Yeah! But he gives you this warning. The king will be a harsh master. He will tax you, 
Take your animals and food and make your children serve in his army. He will... Blah, blah, blah. Enough of the doom and gloom, Samuel. Bring us our king. Okay. I'll go get him. Where'd he go? I just had him around here. Once they had found the man God had decided to make king, everyone was very excited. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Saul. Uh, nice to meet you. You're so tall! Yeah, well, you know, that's just... You're so strong! You know, <laughs> gotta work out. He's perfect! Exactly what we wanted! Thanks, Samuel! Oh, please, don't thank me. Please, seriously don't. And so Samuel proclaimed Saul as king. Right away, Saul became a good king. With God's help, he defeated the enemies that were attacking Israel. And while he did that, Samuel called the people together. All right, you guys, listen up. God has done a lot for you. He brought you out of slavery. He gave you a great land. He forgave you when you started praying to fake gods. And he forgave you when you prayed to fake gods again. And well, yeah, you did that a lot. And now, after all this, you still didn't want to follow him? Instead, you wanted a king, someone you could follow instead of God. Well, now you've got him, and now I have another warning for you. You must serve God and the king. If you do, things will go well with you. But if you don't, well... It was then that the Israelites knew they had done the wrong thing when they had asked for a king and begged God and Samuel not to hurt them. Just remember this warning, or else you and your children will be swept away. So did they remember? The people did. But as the years went by, King Saul started to forget to trust God and started doing his own thing. Well, it wasn't that bad. I just kind of made bad promises and disobeyed God a few times and, and lied a few times. And then there were, you know, those few years I spent hunting down an innocent man who served me faithfully trying to kill him. That's not great. What do you mean? I'm a, a great king. I'm the best king Israel has ever had. I'm a, a great king. A, a powerful, a, you know, I mean, uh, I get the... Uh... Huh. So, this king is broken. Does that mean we get a new one? Samuel? Samuel? Samuel! Unfortunately, by the time King Saul died, Samuel had also died. I was getting pretty old when he became king. Give me a break, people. But before he died, he had made sure that Israel would have a king after Saul, a new king named David. Oh, I've heard of King David. He was a good king. Mm, for the most part. But again, as the years went by, he started making some pretty bad decisions. No, not King David! I'm afraid so. His son, who was the next king, was also a good king for a while. And then he started making bad decisions. And his son was worse. And his son was even worse. In fact, it wasn't long after David died that the Israelites were back to where they started. Oh, mighty stick. Thank you for the safety that totally comes from you and no other. Come on, guys! The moral is that often God's people are tempted to stop trusting Him and instead they put their trust in people. People with power and money, people who are good-looking and say things that make us feel happy. 
But in the end, they are just people. And just like these kings, if we trust them instead of God, they will always let us down. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, are we going to run through the King Saul drama again, or are we done for the day? I think we're done. Unless you want to run through anything specific, Brian? Nope. You good, Hugh? I'm good. Uh, great. I'll start packing up the script stands and getting them back into the truck. I'll give you a hand. Oh, uh, thanks, Lionel. Are you doing all right, Kyle? You look like something's on your mind. Yeah, I was just thinking about the moral of the drama. You know, not putting your trust in people instead of God. It just got me thinking about these election signs. Yeah, the story sounded a lot like what's going on in America right now. People wanting a leader. It's really close. So I was wondering, is voting for a president wrong? Ah, well I think things are a little different in a democracy. What's a democracy? Hmm, well, it's like, you know, I'll have Lionel explain it. <laughs> what he means to say is our country has a different way of getting new leaders. Back in Bible times, countries fought and used war to decide who was in charge. These days, most countries choose who they want to rule. And in America, there are laws to make sure this happens peacefully. Yeah, that's what an election is. But if that's not wrong, then what's the moral of Saul's story got to do with it? Well, Kyle, a lot of the time people, especially Christians, think that a president is the answer to all of the problems in our country. We sometimes think that violence, hatred, and corruption will all go away if we can just get one person into the White House. The thing is, no presidents or senators or judges or anyone else can take away all the problems from our world. Except for God. That's why we need to trust him instead of some guy living in a big white mansion. Like it says in Psalm 118 verse 8 and Psalm 146. That's true, Brian. And in Isaiah 2, the Bible tells us much of the same. Compared to God, people are powerless. So it doesn't matter who we get because God's in control. <laughs> well. Yes and no, Monica. God is in control, and nothing will stop what he has planned. But that being said, when we do have a chance to choose who is put in charge, we should be responsible with this great gift. Responsible? What do you mean? It's an important choice to make. By voting for someone, you are saying that you trust them to do the right thing. The thing is, like it says in Romans 3, no one is perfect. So when we go to vote for a president, or anyone really, we need to be careful and trust in God's power to change the world, not people. Huh, all this sounds really complicated. No wonder people wait until they're older to vote. Yeah, and now it makes sense why my parents are happy when all this election stuff is over. I'm just a kid and my head hurts thinking about it. Well, speaking of things being over, everything's loaded into the truck. Want to meet us at the church, Lionel? I'll be right behind you guys. See you later, kids. Yeah, we should head out too. I've got to talk to my mom and dad about this stuff and these signs. Sounds like a good conversation. Want to turn off the radio on your way out? I've got it.